know, yeah, the the power is certainly in the questions, and and then you can really kind of elicit, you know, what is the level of understanding or even the awareness of uh, that particular prospect, because sometimes you you find yourself doing a lot of educating around, uh, you know, of in our case, uh, you know, what threats there are in Active Directory or in file server uh, and without visibility, you know, how things can uh, get out, out of control. You know, obviously you mentioned um, API security. So I'd like to touch on that um, and uh, sort of get an overview of, uh, you know, the work that, that you do at Resurface Labs. Um, if you could uh, touch on that, please. Yeah, sure. So. Our founder and CTO, Rob Dickinson, um, and this would be his second observability company. Um, he, he saw what he believed to be a growing problem. And then, you know, starting around 18 and 19, you saw analysts from starting to talk about the lack of API security. At the same time, the explosion of API usage was happening and only made even more crazy by by COVID and everybody having to be able to operate from home and app explosion happened. and Telecom moved from the mobile networks to 5G, which were all APIs. So Rob built a, a platform that very much focused on API security and API observability. You can't really separate the two. Mm-hmm. He did a couple of things differently than anyone else in the space. He said, look, if I'm going to be targeting banks, healthcare organizations, high-tech organizations, their volume levels are going to be very high. They are going to be subjected to the most stringent data privacy, data residency rules, regulations, and laws in the world. So what do we do to, in order to be able to do the de- best job of analyzing their API traffic, knowing that they have all these regulations, you know, putting constraints on their data? So when he developed uh, Resurface Labs, he developed Resurface Labs and our product in a, something particularly unique, which is a first party solution only. We are cloud platform agnostic, and you can look at our website today and see we'll stand up on virtually anything, but we only do it in the client's environment. That's because we wanna do a couple things differently than other vendors can. We wanna see 100% of their API traffic, the complete request and response data sets. We wanna see it all so that we can understand and alert either a software anomaly, something's wrong, slow performing, whatever that might be, or an outright attack or a a leak or whatever might be happening. So we get to see, because we are first party in their controlled environment, their data never leaves their environment. We're able to see 100% of the API traffic in runtime. The second thing we're able to do is create a data lake of at least their last 30 days of their API traffic. And they really use that for threat hunting. So in the middle, you get a a new zero day, a new log4j pops up. We have a a search tool built into that database that allows you immediately to query it and find out if you've been impacted, which APIs have been impacted, sometimes down to the line of code. So you have the ability to prioritize your remediation and understand your risk immediately. And the competitors can't really do that. If their data is all sitting in a third-party environment, much of the, that API traffic has to be redacted before it's able to be sent out. They can't necessarily create that total data lake. Now, they may be able to create one with what they have, but they don't have the complete request and response data set. So it's a pretty unique proposition. 
And the people who like it the best are those verticals who, when you tell them they can do it in their own environment, they're, yep, I would never send that data out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, pardon my ignorance, but, um, you, you know, what, what, what would a, a breach in progress or, you know, a threat look like? Because, you know, apparently I've heard this, this is the uh, growing threat vector um, and uh, I've heard, you know, buzzwords thrown around like north and south, east and west. Um, uh, can you tell me what that looks like? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, look, it's a really good question. And I think it's worth it's worth understanding a little bit. Um, there's in terms of the terminology, um, north and south are your external facing APIs, your east and west are your internal. And risk comes at a very high level in a couple of different ways. First of all, almost every one of the prospects that we work with does not have a complete understanding of the totality of either one of those vectors. They don't necessarily know. A lot of the times it's because they've been part of M&A, people have come and gone within the organization, it wasn't well documented, not everything went through the API gateways, a lot of a lot of different um, variables can, can tie out to that. Um, the second thing is on the East and West, a lot of organizations have not had a great policy for who's able to stand up an API within the organization. Sometimes you'll have people standing up because it's easier. They believe to move stuff back and forth. But now you've got this API that's kind of rogue. No one knows about it other than a couple users, but there's no security implied in the beginning or the construction or whatever. So one of the things we find is most helpful is as an API security vendor, and an observability vendor is to be able to connect with whatever existing technologies they have and use our own discovery tools to give our clients for the first time a, a holistic view of their API traffic, which includes everything they know about, but also those rogues, those zombies, or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. so that they understand everything in one place. And that understanding the outcome of all their API traffic. So if they've got things that are qualified or classifying as a leak, Tell me what those are so that we can get in front of that and stop that. Do we have things that are active attacks, which are more prevalent than people realize? Can we understand that? Can we understand criticality? Can we assign a um, an integration path to an XDR platform or source so they can begin remediating it? Right. So there's it's it's understanding the totality of the problem and then having a, a platform that will help you work through to narrow that attack surface dramatically. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds enlightening. And uh, going back to sort of your area of expertise in in the business side of things and operations, uh, um, you, you know, you, you've touched a little bit about uh, you know the the tech uh, around research surface labs. What what does the business model look like uh, and the sales process that that you're you and the team are implementing and perhaps maybe some of the challenges that, that you expect to face. Absolutely. So we use very much the SDR program, um, driving, you know, meetings for sales and moving that from a meeting to a, a demo to, you know, into a quotation process. So that, that piece actually works pretty well. Um, it's also, very much a domestic North American approach. So what we've done internationally, we're working with partners who we've worked with for many years, like ACA Pacific down in Singapore. We know that team really well. They've taken our our product and are promoting us in the region. 
We've got a great one out of uh, Dubai called H3 Secure, uh, who manages that region for us as well. Um, we're working on an EMEA partner as well, and that's just a, a, a better way for us to approach those markets. Uh, but here in North America, we're working very much in a direct to just building up the logos so we get to a point where channel makes more sense for us. Mm. And how's the, the level of adoption looking like these days? Is it uh, are those those bigger brands coming on? They, you know, they are. It, it's funny. 2022 was very much a tire kicking year and a lot yeah. of you know, let me let me understand it. Let me maybe budget for this in 2023. We are seeing much more budgeted or allocated dollars towards the API security component, largely around the concept of, look, that's a part of our attack surface and we aren't touching it, right? We've got to narrow that and, and put a focus on it. So 2023 has been a much more fruitful year and you're finding companies that fit into our verticals, our target market size, our price point have a budget this year, which is great. Excellent. And it's uh, the, the pricing is along the per API uh, no, we subscription model. It. So it's a really good question. So we, Rob built ours, our technology based on the Trino database structure. And Trino was formerly the Presto group at Facebook. It's an open source uh, database structure, but we we're, it deploys in nodes and we have our, you know, our, our, basic platform, which is about, you know, million to 2 million calls per node. And that's, and it's really down to the node. It's 18 grand a year per node. If we do the super high volume, we're doing upwards of a hundred million calls per node. And in that environment, it's $36,000 per node per year. So it's, we don't care about the number of endpoints you have. We don't care specifically about calls. It's really about the, the database and that's the trigger for us. And, and your, your call volume and size dictates that.